Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is called Domestic Mommy. I'm happy to share this podcast theme today with moms who are excited about everything domestic about creating a home that feels happy, healthy, and beautiful. The name came from one of our mom bloggers who claimed to be a domestic girl before domestic mommy. All the moms at the square table tonight are first-time moms with children under a year old, and they seem to have escaped the insanity and drudgery of preparing and cooking meals. They found a way to preserve the satisfaction and joy of all those domestic tasks. I can't wait to hear from them. A big welcome to mom blogger, domestic mommy, Lindsay Maisner, and to Olivia Nekmani. Lindsay, will you get us started and explain how you came to identify with the word domestic? First of all, thank you, Karen. It's so great being here and here with Olivia. Um, I would say the blog just evolved throughout the years. You know, it started as a domestic girl, and then I got married, and, you know, I was this working housewife, but still, you know, trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle while on the go. Um, it started as an Instagram account and then a blog. And then once I had a baby, it just evolved into the mommy side. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm still very new at this. So I'm sure moms that have more than one kid probably look at my meals and presentation or like, who are you? Well, you know, but I not do gonna think last. that's why. I mean, I could feel a little bit of that judginess over my shoulder when I was preparing for today. I was thinking, oh, sure, somebody with multiple children would be like, yeah, they're first-time moms. Right. They're still in the bubble and the glow right. of a new family. But I do think that you inspire us Thank to you. remember that it wasn't that it's not always been so challenging. Yeah. But what does domestic mean? I mean, I, again, I'm a different generation, so <laughs> you know, I get that idea of you know, it's like Mrs. Maisel's putting on her makeup and you know, creating mm-hmm. this whole happy home. But it's not a homemaker because right. you're both working parents too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it can be anything. I mean, I like to think of it as all things domestic. So like you know, housewares, you know, home decor, food, um, how tips and how-tos. You know, I have some product um, features on the blog. And, you know, I love to hear from other moms and other food bloggers and learning about their techniques and, you know, seeing what I can improve. Okay, well, I'm going to come back and ask <laughs> about what changed when you became a mom. Olivia, you volunteered to join <laughs> us with this, and I really didn't picture you as domestic mom. Well... 
I'm not. I'm not. I am home. So I am not domestic, I think, in the meal prep and in the perfect house and in housewares and in a set table, but I'm domestic and that I strive for our house to be um, put together and in the fact that I'm home. So to me, the, the, the me being at this podcast comes more from me being a stay-at-home mom okay. um, versus um, domestic because when I think of domestic, I actually also think of Mrs. Uh, Maisel, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and you know, um, having everything together and the pearls, I never have everything together, but my goal is to have seven out of 10 things together. Okay. And then if seven out of 10 things are together, it was a good day. So talk to me. Let's, let's start before we get to the practical stuff. I want, I, I'm really curious about this like identity question. Like, was it hard for you to become a, a more stay at home mom than before? Yes. So I think one of the things that allowed me to be a stay-at-home mom with domestic tendencies. Okay. This is this is now I found it. I'm a stay-at-home mom <laughs> with domestic tendencies. That is my those are my attributes. Um, was that I was working from home before I had a baby, so I was able to kind of get in the groove of being at home all day while also having other responsibilities. And you know you're working really hard at your job during the day, so now I'm working really hard at my new job during the day, yeah. being a mom. But things still have to get done and. You know, you still have to either cook or order out (laughs) or, you know, you still have to get the laundry done. And then, my goodness, folding the laundry is an entire um, job. (laughs) So I think that if I became a stay-at-home mom after having worked in an office, which I did for, you know, six years before I worked at home, um, that might have been more difficult. But I had about two years practice of just being home, working and balancing home. So, okay, so so organizational skills. Do you both feel like you're really organized and you treat this home, um, managing home experiences and the physicality of it, like laundry? Well, I thought I was organized and then I started following Lindsay's <laughs> blog. So I'm going to let Lindsay take that question. I mean, I think we're all organized in our own ways, but don't get me wrong. I have laundry that sits dried and yeah. clean in the basket for days at time. Sometimes you just rewash it. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know when this was exactly. As long as you get out of the dryer, you're ahead of the game. Yeah, but I mean, luckily, thank God for my husband, he also keeps things in order at home. But, you know, I, I feel like we're all unorganized in our own way as well. Okay, so give us some of your best tips for... For staying organized? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I mean, well, my husband keeps a calendar, a dry marker erase calendar on the, the fridge, so that, like, helps me. So of that's not my tip. His schedule. So if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist. Okay. Oh, so like that. that's a good tip. Um, I would say even, like, food shopping and making sure that your house is, like, in order before the week starts. You know, making sure I'm in a formula for the nanny so I don't have to run to Target at 8 a.m. like I have before with a baby in pajamas. Um, just making sure my week is, is set so I can just hit the ground running. So how do you create time and space to think ahead for that? Because, I mean, I'd love to start my week knowing that I have everything <laughs> Yeah. ready to go or which um, days I'm going to fit it in. But Well, I, that little app, Notes on your phone, I constantly keep lists. You know, at work, I keep lists on my notepad. On my phone, I keep lists of, like, everywhere from, like, my passwords to different websites to what I need and, and keeping, like, so a food list. So don't hack Lindsay's phone because right. all her passwords are <laughs> in her notes app. My <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so how does that resonate with you, Olivia? Because... 
you know, like, I want to say as an educator, not all of the world organizes their thinking or their behavior or their environment with lists. That only works for certain kinds of thinkers who are very systematic and logical and visual. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of us that are more kinesthetic and, and interact in the world in a different way, and I'm talking about children and grown-ups, that just stresses us out. So I agree with you that everybody's organized in their own way and everybody has to find the system right. that works. So do you I have think a I'm system? in between you guys, in between like super duper list maker and kind of adverse to list. <laughs> um, I am a list maker, but I have to say that I had this vision. I had so many visions of what was going to happen when I became a mom and how I was going to make it easier. And I had a vision of Sunday being my day to do everything, to meal prep. And I was just going to all day, uh, all week, make a list of what was going to happen Sunday. Not one, so Ethan's nine months times four Sundays and nine months. And all of those Sundays, I have not meal prepped on one Sunday. Because you don't want to do it when Sunday Sunday's comes. Sunday's family day, you know. Yes. Saturday's errand day. Right. Sunday's family day. And I, so I was going to ask you, isn't there... Like, there has to be a balance between the weekend is when you get to do what you want. The week right. is so, like, work, clean, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, all the stuff that goes on during the week. And then Saturday or one of the weekend days is an errand day because errands just pile up. And then how do you make the time to say, okay, there might be other stuff I want to do or go hang out with my husband and my baby. But what's really responsible now is to meal prep for the week. Yeah. Because on Wednesday, I'm like, I wish I meal prepped on Sunday. Right. Yeah. So ha- I, I don't necessarily meal prep. Sometimes I do. Like, I'll make a dinner that I'll have enough leftovers for the next night, and that's, like, my idea of meal prep. But, you know, don't get me wrong. Sundays aren't deemed for just, like, food shopping, maybe a Target run. I, I hate going to Target during the week. But I probably frequent Whole Foods, Publix, probably three times a week because I just forget something on that list that I thought I remembered. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, to make time, and I would say, you know, my husband and Ari, they come with me to the grocery store, like, It's the big outing these days. Yeah, it is. It really is. So you just get joy from thinking about your meals and thinking about your home. Yeah, if I have a full fridge, like, I feel fulfilled. (laughs) If I have fresh fruit and snacks, I'm good. Yeah. So did your cooking change after having... Oh, yeah. I would have, before Ari, I would have plated dishes, beautiful, impeccable presentation. Now I just cook it, put it in Tupperware, and, like, keep it warm till I serve it. So I had to make some sacrifices from my vision, one of which was just... I didn't have a vision about the way the table was going to be set. Just more, I guess, that the table would be set. Oh, <laughs> that should have yeah, no. eat on a table. That you eat at a table, exactly. <laughs> the phase now. And we, and we also said little things like we were going to do Kiddush every Friday night for Shabbat. And just, I mean, I think all of us could say there's an endless list of things we say we're going to do. And we haven't done one Kiddush except for, when we, except for Friday class and then at Ahava, which is, counts. you know, we need to, yeah, counts. <laughs> I was going to say we need to improve on that. And, um... We, the tables, eating at the table just Mm -hmm. has not happened. So, but I think for me, one of the things that works is just accepting the sacrifices versus fighting them. Right. If I just say, you know, life is just easier right now, not eating at the table. Life is just easier right now, not doing that thing I always thought I was going to do. You just kind of let it go. Yeah. And one day we'll eat at the table. Right. And we were talking about that in a different context before we turned on the mic. And that is the secret 
to mom happiness, I believe. And that is knowing that whatever you thought was going to be to allow yourself the fluidity to adapt to whatever the reality is. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know what your schedule is going to feel like. And you guys have easy children. So the idea of, you know, you have some freedom where your children will be happy to run errands with you and happy to let you play in the kitchen for a while. And they don't have extracurriculars that we're running them to, which is a whole other job. Pick up, drop off. And so, I mean, one of the things that I think matters... Because when I think of domestic mommy, I, I think of, I guess it means how do you, with the partnership of your of your husbands or your partners, realize that, you know, we get to decide what kind of home and family we are. And so ta- taking that um, vision and, and allowing it to be um, something that makes you happy along the way. I think is maybe the best you get. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you get to eat? You get to eat food you enjoy eating. That's a big yeah. deal too. Because how Wait, many do you eat at the table? Um, no, at the coffee table. Oh, okay. even at the coffee table. Good question. Good question. With your husband. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's like bonding time. Yeah. It is. You're watching I mean, shows. Kid goes down, and that's our night. And yeah. we were thinking about it the other day. We we're like, oh my god, what are we gonna do once he goes to bed later? You know, we're going to then eat at the table and have an actual family dinner, but I'll worry about it when we get there. That's the other thing is worrying about it when it happens. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You have enough on your plates to worry about, to think about. They're crawling. They're standing. They're doing this. They're doing that. Mm -hmm. They're starting to to be curious in environments that are going to create new risk for them. Mm -hmm. You've got enough. You don't have to worry. Mm -hmm. What will happen is that in a year... They're gonna, you're going to watch them sitting at the table here, and you're going to be, oh, my gosh. They're like little people ready to engage right. in table conversation. One year from now, I promise you, and it's, it's where we will say, would you like more of this? And they will tell us, or they'll start banging the table, and we'll be like, oh, you want me to bring that to you. And it, it, we, it's really magnificent mm-hmm. to see them become little people at a table. And then you're going to want to dine with them. Mm-hmm. But, and then you're going to want to give them things to dip in and to, and to taste. So it will evolve as they evolve, so yeah. um, as they grow. Um, but but I think so. Let's go back. And you like cooking. That's yeah. the heart and soul of your domestic mommy. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of mothers aren't feeling good about what they eat. They don't feel good about even the food that's in their fridge. You're laughing. Go ahead. I mean, it's funny because I'll go into work the next day and they're like, "Oh my god, what you made last night looked so good." I say that too every day. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's it's great. I mean, I, I enjoy what I eat. Like I, I cook based upon cravings and you know whatever nationality I'm feeling. Ex- you know, I want to explore. I'll make it. But you know, I don't really like leftovers. If I hate leftover chicken, so not all the time. I like my my cooking. I mean, it's like oh. It goes down the garbage disposal for leftovers most of the time. <laughs> this, uh, this, well, because you're like setting um, an image and like, oh yeah, I prep, but I don't like leftovers. Right. Right. So right. it's um, it's the real you. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you just enjoy the cooking. So how much yeah. how much time does a meal take? I mean, honestly, I'll get it done within thirty minutes. Sometimes really? I'll prep. Yeah, I mean, I had a great. Even those team. ribs you made the other night. The short ribs, those were a Sunday dinner. Those, okay. thank God the oven did most of the work, okay. honestly. It was the chopping and the dicing that took most of the time. But having a teacher like my mom and, and observing what she did really taught me to just get in the kitchen and do it seamlessly. 
So how do you have time to even find the short rib recipes? Well, when we're in the car with Ari on the way to Whole Foods, I just Google. On the way to the grocery store? Yeah. And then you just make your list as you're going? Sort of, yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of Googling from the grocery store aisles yeah. of recipes. Like I'm From the grocery store aisles? Yeah, because I, yeah. I, I didn't have time to think about it before, or I printed the recipe and, of course, forgot it at home. Right. So, And grocery stores have very bad cell phone service, so there's a lot of like frustrating moments of being in the whatever aisle in the back and waiting for the recipe to load. Um, and that's just, just it on the go all the time. And then I see people walking around with their carts and they have this really nice written out list of like what they're doing by recipe. And I'm like, <laughs> there must be an app for that. So I was just asking somebody, I wonder if there's a website where you could like type in everything that's in your fridge and it would just tell well, you the what smart, you can I mean, make that's that the television night. commercial yeah. is that this, oh. I think there is. I was thinking the smart refrigerator that tells you what you've run out of, but no, right. you're right. Or like this is what's in, I have XYZ in my fridge. Oh, this is the meal you can make with that tonight. Well, I've Googled, like I had leftover dates from my Thanksgiving salad and I knew I wanted dates and chicken. So I just Googled, you know, if you could probably just put in ingredients. Yeah. yeah. And then the rest, and you'll get yeah, some yeah. recipes that'll come up, but you need... You need a smart refrigerator to just like be yeah. your refrigerator Inspire kills you. me. <laughs> just so what? How do you eat since becoming a mom? We are fifty fifty cooking, eating out. Um, I really do my best to cook. Number one for healthy, but two just our financially like eating out is so expensive. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of maybe take a glance at your credit card every once in a while and you see all the eating out, it's not good on any level because it's unhealthy even if it's a healthy meal at a restaurant of course it's not as healthy as if you were to make it mm-hmm. and you just rack up a huge um eating out bill so all around my point is saying that's all around eating at home I know is the better choice but then so in the morning I'll say okay around four or five o'clock when Ethan takes a nap I'm gonna make dinner and then it's just so easy to pick up Uber Eats and to just, <laughs> you know, my husband also works from home, so to just yell to alone in the back room, do you want to just order Uber Eats? And he says yes, and I'm like, all right, tomorrow I'll cook. Yeah. And then it's a yeah. snowball effect. Yeah. So we're 50-50, 30-70 maybe if you're... Yeah. And um, how much time do you spend on cook, prep, planning? Um, it has to be quick. We got an Instant Pot, and... Mm-hmm. I have been meaning to open it. You probably thought my next line was going to be that. Yes. It's been sitting there unopened for probably two months. And so if you have any good Instant Pot recipes. I had. I don't have an Instant Pot. Uh, I've heard great things, It can also though. be a crock pot. Okay. I've never crock potted, and I would really like to. Um, I have an email filled with links of, of, of crock, crock pot recipes, slow cooker it. recipes that oh I mean to get to. So I can't, I can't really prep I would say for more than like 20 minutes mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm sure Ari too like sometimes they just wake up yeah. when you're knee deep in like raw oh, poultry yeah. on your hands and oh, then yeah. it's difficult and yeah. um but it, they're quick meals and I, mm-hmm. I make the same five things over and over yeah. which are so one of them we call it the usual um one of them is ground beef cauliflower rice and kidney beans Mm-hmm. And with garlic salt, only the Trader Joe's garlic salt because it's so good. Um, so that's one of my, um, that's one of my favorites. Because we know that you're you're sodium averse. I am. I'm so <laughs> sodium averse. I have a real I problem with sodium. I quoted you in the second class <laughs> Really? <laughs> Does everybody know the smell? Oh, just the smell of, of, of vodkas. And yeah. I was like, I don't know what sodium smells like. And you're like, it smells now you like will. a stomach ache. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so I... Okay, so Trader Joe's... um, The Trader Joe's garlic salt, for everybody listening, will make any meal... Ooh, amazing it's a little shaker a little grinder it's i think 199 and it's the best 199 you'll they ever have spend really good like different Spices. seasonings yeah. yeah the everyday seasoning is also a good yes favorite. yeah yeah mm-hmm. i love it okay so now my because this is now domestic mommy <laughs> and you mentioned when the children wake up and you're in the middle of something how do you juggle? Um, do you have kitchen? Can they play on the floor in your kitchen? Can they? I mean, because I'm envisioning them as they get to be toddlers. You know, six months from now, you'll have that little stool or that um, tower for them to stand and help you in the kitchen or do something that they. So how do you how do you help them? Allow you to to do the time that you have the time that you want for this. It's different every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, some days he will just sit in his high chair and play with a magnet for 20 minutes, and it's amazing. And then other days he doesn't. So um, it really, <laughs> just really got to take it on. If he wakes up, if he wakes up smiling in his crib, we're good. Yeah. If he is not yeah. smiling, that recipe's on hold. There you yeah. go. And and to see that and know that. Yeah. See this this the really the podcast should be how to read the moment and adapt yeah. because that is your priceless wisdom to share today. You I mean you really understand where the limitations are and how far you can push life, mm-hmm. I think. I would say I definitely take advantage of nap time. Um, when I should be working out, I'm probably preparing dinner or cutting up a rotisserie chicken because don't get me wrong, I take tons of shortcuts. Um, but have I let him scream while I'm peeling shrimp? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Before. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's tons of times where like I'm even, you know, cooking on the stove and have to turn it off to attend to something because yeah. every day is so different. Um, so tell, tell us about, um, these go-to recipes that you have, the, the, the best ones that you for your tips? I love Mexican food. So anything like turkey tacos, I have my own DIY taco seasoning because I'm scared of sodium also. <laughs> I won't buy anything store-bought, like the packages yeah. that they sell. Um, I don't cook as much pasta. So what is it, the do-it-yourself? And and if people just Google it on your on your Yeah, they can go. It's like turkey bean taco recipe on the website. And I literally just mix all of the seasonings and I just put it in the turkey. So that's like super easy. And it does make good leftovers that I actually like to eat. Um, grilled chicken, so easy. If I have fish on the way home from work, I'll pick it up and, and just make it. And having a good vegetable and, yeah, just... Trying to see what works and what everyone else will eat. What do you do for work lunches when you're in your office? I do pack some you leftovers, but I'll pick up a salad on the way. You pick up a salad? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes if I don't have the ingredients. <laughs> okay, mm. awesome. And then, now what about, like, so with the home thing, um, is there a lot of, uh, let's talk about the kids' rooms. I mean, is there stuff that, that you manage for, like, making it a gorgeous environment for them? Yeah. I mean, I would say I was planning his nursery, like, when I was so early on and pregnant, getting such inspiration on, you know, Pinterest, Instagram, all of that. And it's so cute. I I literally fall in love with it every time I go in there. Um, And, of course, it's organized. (laughs) Well, tell us about the the decorating and the organization. I mean, the decorating, it's, you know, very 
masculine for a little baby. You know, nothing, nothing, I mean, there's cutesy items in it, but of course, you know, the diaper changing table, you know, you have diapers on one side and you have nighttime diapers in a certain drawer, so <laughs> no one grabs the daytime diapers and it's just, yeah. So part of your domestic mommy is that y- you like the way you've organized oh, yeah. your house routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Ethan's room is... And play space, even play space, you know. So his room, we just moved about two months ago, um, and the only thing I cared about the day we moved was that his room was set up. I just wanted, Mm -hmm. like, everything else could be in shambles, but I wanted him to have his stability in his room. And um, his room actually transferred very well from our old home to our new home. Everything fits really nice. And I was also planning it for a while. Um... And I love it. Every time I go in, it's like my favorite. I don't know why I can't decorate the rest of my house as well as I decorated this is his so nursery. Interesting. I mean, um, you are, they're both just glowing when they think about their baby space. Just such a happy room. And yeah. um, his play area is the area in front of our TV. So Same. it's like our couch. We removed our coffee table because it was just a hazard. I noticed you have a round one. I just got a new one, yeah. and I my husband wants to pull it, but I use Windex probably so many times a week. And then we got. Um, we have the foam squares mm-hmm. with a big plastic gate. We just put the gate because okay. now he's, even though he's not crawling, he's still on the move. Um, and that's just like his little, like I know he's safe in there. There's no choking hazard. So I, for sure, I can see him from the kitchen, mm-hmm. but he'll play in there for 20 minutes while I do other mm-hmm. stuff. I am not on the floor with him all day playing. And you don't have which to Which is good, yeah, right? which is good. Yeah. It's, I mean, it allows them to have... That freedom to to choose where how you know they're they're figuring out how to keep themselves busy and it's they're, so cute to watch them play alone yeah. like they don't know anyone's watching them right. and they're like discovering a little toy and it's just the cutest thing to like oh it's <laughs> true I mean you know I I could watch them all class mm-hmm. long because they're very inventive in how they mm-hmm. interact in their environments mm-hmm. so and and how do your husbands fit into the domestic um, I mean how how's that work home balance i mean what's their participation what's their role is this is this you know back to the 50s mom is the gatekeeper of the rules of the organization of the planning or is it something more of a partnership it's definitely a partnership um however he zach does appreciate it it goes a long way i know that um, and he's also an organized person. Oh, yeah. So that you you match really well that yeah. way. Because he's yeah. got his list on the fridge. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, we each have our own duties in the house and our own responsibilities. And I will not take the garbage out. And he knows that. <laughs> I will not. Domestic mommies don't <laughs> take out garbage. I'll create garbage, but I won't take it out. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> Alone is wonderful. He is... It is a partnership, but he's very open and possibly needs me to ex- tell him as part of the partnership, but he will always do it. Um, he's not hes not unorganized, but he's not a super organized guy, but he will do anything. I mean, anything he needs, he sees doing, he does, and he's also a wonderful, and I'm, I'm not just saying it, he's the best. Yesterday was his birthday and our um, dryer broke. And he spent the evening of his birthday fixer, fixing the control panel with wow. a soldering iron. Wow. <laughs> it's like Domestic daddy. <laughs> 35th birthday. Crazy. Um, so, yeah, he, without him, I I don't know. We It took us a while, but we've kind of developed a routine. He does the bottles. Cleaning the bottles, I just, 
it was the definition of early motherhood mm-hmm. monotony to me every day cleaning those bottles. And he saw that it was just getting to me. I felt mm-hmm. like all I did was clean bottles. So he does it and it's it's just like, you know, he has his things. That's okay, nice. I kind of like this as, as my last question before the wrap up. And that is, as you describe that reaction to the bottles, it's the how you how you choose what doesn't fit you. How do you how do you communicate it and just allow for yourself to say no like that was that was my drudgery that was monotonous that was the thing that doesn't fit in what what I want to do and now I can ask somebody else to help or he can step up into it or I can just realize this is going to be low on my list of priority because neither one of us wants to do it and it's the thing we're going to have to let go of. How do you make the how do you reprioritize your expectations on yourself? I think it for me, I am very type A and I'm a I was a list maker type A and all of my concessions have have come from necessity because I saw myself um getting too held up on the small stuff and I said and luckily it was just an easy kind of snap in my head where I said it you know this is what you can do to fix it so do it like I I didn't I didn't feel bad I said to alone if you could just do the bottles every night it would take a lot off my plate so I think I saw I had no other option um and once I kind of made those concessions of being in between a list maker and not a list maker I know I keep using that but it's a great analogy um things became a lot easier and as soon as you see them becoming easier then you can take the next step of taking something else off your plate that's powerful because mm-hmm. i when i thought of starting this podcast again because i bring I, to me domestic mommy comes with all this baggage of expectations and perfection and supposed to's and you yeah. give us the freedom to say, no, I have to do what keeps me sane, I have to do what keeps me happy, that keeps mm-hmm. my family happy, and I'm communicating it with my partner. Yeah, the supposed to's are, it's a lot of pressure, the supposed to's. And, and mm-hmm. so, hello world, because these are two moms whose babies aren't even a year, and that's a lot to be able to manage. I always feel like that whole first year is the time everybody needs to find their way through. Who am I, how do I do this, what works for us? And you guys have been bold and clear about what you like mm-hmm. and also how to redefine who you are in these roles. So, bravo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindsay, how do you redefine expectations for yourself? And well, how do you not get caught in the perfection of a domestic mommy? Well, I didn't realize until I had a baby that I really always need moral support. Even if no one's physically helping me wash the baby or feed him, if someone's just there sitting with me, like, I feel at whole. Like, I don't feel alone. So, I mean, I I sort of need to, you know, have that comfort. Um, and also, you know, make sure that I'm, like, keeping it sane for other people. But... Um, like rambling. Oh, sorry. Well, wait. I have another question for you. As you say, keeping it sane for other people, because something you said in class today, yeah. when we were getting ready for the podcast, and I'll ask both of you this, in terms of the title, domestic mommy, you said you were always a nurturer and a caretaker. Yeah. 
Um, how does that fit into this image of yourself and, and this role that you're, that you're happily taking on? Yeah, no, I just feel like my, you know, persona of being motherly and domestic has just like expanded. And it's funny because a friend of mine said to me, you know, oh, you know, you have so much to love. Like who, who wouldn't love you? And, you know, Ari, cause I was, you know, basically venting and just stressed out and tired and, you know, just feeling that sense of, you know, whatever completes anyone. Some For some, it's going to the gym. For me, it's just making sure things at home and, you know, Did you have snacks are packed together? and stuff. And snacks are packed yeah. all as well with the <laughs> <Yes>. world. Exactly. <laughs> Olivia, the question is, are you a natural nurturer? And does that fit? Did that? Yes, uh, I think I... I'm a natural nurturer. Definitely made motherhood easier. I have mm-hmm. friends who are natural nurturers, and I saw how motherhood came easy to them. But I also saw girlfriends who I wondered. I'm like, huh, you know, they're awesome, and I love them, but they're not a natural nurturer. Right, right. And they actually don't even like kids. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how it's going to be. And I think having a, for some people, having a child of your own, just you just turn into a nurturer, right? Mm-hmm. Because you even if you're not nurturing... Um, other aspects of your life, you just you you instinctively nurture mm-hmm. this little being that is yours to nurture. Yeah. This is really really sweet. I mean, I, in some ways, I just feel like um, you two were meant to have this conversation because this idea of discovering it's it's all part of that discovery of this first child of this first year, mm-hmm. and really expressing this nurturer in you. I mean, you, when you use the word motherly. You know, it's not something I necessarily... I mean, I want to say, oh, that word can mean a million different things. And yet, um, for the two of you, and I think and for many moms going through this first-year journey, that's such a discovery of something mm-hmm. new in your lives mm-hmm. and a whole new person to nurture, it works. So the wrap-up is always the same. How have you got this for right here, for right now, um, in the sense of yourselves in terms of being the person who's organizing, managing, and um, holding together your home mm-hmm. or your family or this domestic mommy image? Um, I, I got this because, you know, I, I said at the beginning that if seven out of ten things are done, I feel like I got it. If my, I know it sounds cliche, but I, I've said this a few times to you throughout our, um, throughout knowing each other that it always sounded so cliche. I just want my child to be healthy, but I, I truly feel like as long as he's healthy and as long as my husband's healthy, then everything else just falls into place. So as long as they're okay and as long as our house is sort of domesticated, then I got this. Yeah. And that you're taking care of yourself in order to do that. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> as long as I'm okay and healthy. Because <laughs> you, I mean, I think you're both, sta- you really are standing in that space of self-care as well. Mm-hmm. I think definitely stay real to yourself. Don't put off a persona that everything's perfect because everything's not, you know, and some people will understand where you're coming from and some won't. Um, But as long as the child is fed and bathed and sleeping and you might go to bed with a basket of laundry that's not folded, so be it. You know, it'll happen and, and the sun will rise and it'll be a new day and you'll tackle whatever you want. Thank you so very much. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow 
listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.